All right, it is anything but a normal Wednesday in the office. Uh, Kyle's all by himself, but we're going to introduce you to a dealer, Phil Gill. Hey Welcome guys. to the show, Phil. Oh, we're going to ask you all kinds of questions. You just, <laughs> you just wait. My favorite part about this, uh, I don't, I don't know that we've ever done this, but Kyle doesn't even know. Phil. <laughs> no clue. Met Phil literally three and a half minutes ago, and in the middle of that, had a mild crisis in, in the home front, <laughs> which has been averted. But we're, we're here. We're here. We're here, Paul. and we're it's paying Wednesday, attention. Hump day. We're going to be okay. So uh, this is Phil Gill. I found out your title is general sales manager of Tom Gill Chevrolet in Florence, Kentucky. But uh, I think you probably do a little bit more than general sales managing. Uh, yeah, Welcome like, to the show. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your store and kind of your history in the store and what it is that you do. And we got some uh, specific questions about how you're managing EV transition as a Chevy dealer and in a, a rural market. And I think some uh, other interesting things about what you're doing with culture. Yeah, sure. So uh like I said, from Tom Gill Chevrolet, and uh, we're a single point Chevy store uh, in the Cincinnati marketplace, but we sit on the Kentucky side of the Ohio River. So, uh, you know, that that river can be an ocean at times. And uh, <laughs> so it can uh, also be a really, really weird color that you don't even want to yeah, see. Kyle knows. Kyle wants it. <laughs> you know, so Kyle spent a lot of time in Cincinnati a couple, two, three years. Oh, okay. couple, two, Great. three. <laughs> grew up there so yeah. fair enough <laughs> well it's good uh good to be with the fellow cincinnati and then yes go Bengals. Go. right <laughs> we can say that now yeah I... <laughs> so so tell us about the store size um you know how long it's been in the family and um give us a little groundwork and then we'll get into some specifics yeah so my dad purchased a store back in 1996 so we're a little over 25 years old in the uh in the florence kentucky market what was he doing before that he was he was a dealer in columbus Okay. So he was an Oldsmobile GMC dealer. Uh, he opened that dealership in 89 and uh, got the op opportunity to buy the Chevy store in a growing market. So uh, jumped on that, sold sold Oldsmobile back to General Motors. and uh, Good move. Yeah. We, Good <laughs> move. Out of Cincinnati. <laughs> Boss Here move. we are, right. <laughs> and how long have you been part of the store? So I've been there uh, about 11 years full time now. Of course, grew up around the entire store. Uh -huh. So it's a, it's a little weird to say that, but yeah, eleven years working in the business. And and what is your what is what is your day to day look like? So uh, as as uh, you've mentioned, my technical title is general sales manager. Yeah. So uh, a large part of my day is doing that and making sure that uh, our sales department is delivering a great experience and and driving the results that we need as a store. But I get myself involved in a lot of other areas as well. So that could be culture things, that could be uh, future business or any other part of the dealership that needs assistance in that moment. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. kind of a jack of all trades, which I guess isn't necessarily unexpected for a, a dealer's kid sometimes. That's true. Have, did you, did you like, was, was sales always kind of the, the vibe that you went through over the last 11 years or have you kind of touched every part of the store at this point? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up. Uh, yeah, I've worked in the BDC. I've worked in the accounting office. I've worked uh, as a porter and and lot tech. So I've done a lot of different things. I kind of yeah. found my way into the sales department. I was I was uh, I was an accounting major by background. So I was actually working in our office and then uh, got pushed into the used car department to start running that. So uh, it was a bit which of a is basically an accounting which, department. Right, yeah. So with cards, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's inventory <laughs> management. So. I started running that and then from there just, you know, got more and more involved throughout the store and we uh, we made some changes. I became the general sales manager. 
and we've just kind of gone gone from there. So I've been in that position for about five years now. And so people have a little bit of context for the questions, the real questions start. Um, how many how many do you sell on, on a regular monthly basis? Everybody always wants to know that and, you know, so they can kind of contextualize. Sure, yeah, our store. average volume is about 250 units. That's uh, made up of about... Uh, 170 used and, and 80 new. A very strong used car, and you you buy a lot of cars in your buy center as well. Yeah, one of our one of our uh, things that we started during COVID time, when when we knew the writing was on the wall that uh, that inventory flow would change, uh, we started trying to figure that out and getting some success there. So yeah, it's been and really definitely great. have a little bit of uh, one of our good friend David Long's influence <laughs> in your talk tracks. And Pretty much full influence. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> David's been a great asset for us and has really helped us along the way. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we, we were just saying yesterday that we're kind of a little fatigued talking about all the EV transition because you look through the news and it's all this EV stuff. And surely in the news this morning, there's going to be lots of EV stuff. Um, you took a long view approach on being prepared for an EV transition and do a lot with education, uh, educating your sales staff. What has your overall approach been for the last like 24 months on EVs? And where are you looking at, you know, for the next 12? Yeah, so the last 24 months has been building on successes that we started putting in place when uh, Chevrolet started putting the bolt on our on our lot and the recognition that, hey, this is a different customer and a completely different vehicle that we now have to sell. And we have to be able to approach the customers in, in the knowledge base that they want and uh, be prepared for that. So over the last 24 months, it's been a lot of focus of developing EV product specialists. So at our store, they have to test into that position. Not everybody at our dealership can sell an EV. And that yep. involves training from the manufacturer and involves passing our own in-store test uh, to make sure that they know what they're talking about when that customer How did you develop the in-store test? Love that. Uh, Love it. So, yeah, the in-store test was developed from uh, with my management team of us learning about EVs, learning what General Motors really wanted the customers to know and what we thought it was important the customers to know. So it's kind of a... Um, an array of different, uh, those different areas put together in one test. And uh, if they don't pass it, they, they don't sell them. So it's it's pretty simple. He said yeah. it's available for download at TomGillEVTest.com for $49, right? Yeah, like we developed a whole. <laughs> so Kyle was one of, was I a real that. early yeah. EV trained person as well, like with the Nissan Leaf. Yeah, back I, in was, the day. I was like in the first class of Leaf after it came out of California in, in the Nashville area. Like that was a... a super early there and so i remember that like first couple years of having you know having to be a little bit ahead of the curve and what i remember in the nissan world my question to you is have you seen you said it's kind of a different type of shopper but have you seen over the last 24 months in the store the type of shopper interested or engaging because because i'm guessing like early adopter ev is very they might even know more than a lot of the product specialists or the team members and they just like they're spreadsheeted out they know all the data they probably know the lease numbers have you seen that progressively change in the type of adoption across customer profiles that you're getting on the showroom we definitely have it's uh it's funny because uh you know our first customers for the bolt were ge aviation has a big presence in cincinnati so they were <laughs> right. GE engineers yeah, yeah. who knew way more than our product specialist, which was embarrassing to me as a dealer. They were like, the drag coefficient <laughs> right. is 0.62 yeah. and it's because of the rear wing, actually, right? Yeah. right? They say actually a lot, actually. actually right. <laughs> they, they knew way more. It took them two visits to buy and, you know, it was just a, it was a wild, just wildly different customer than we were used to dealing with. 
over the last 24 months, though, we've seen that that customer base really open up, right? It's a lot of people that are considering EV as a second vehicle in their home because it just makes more mm. sense than having two uh, ICE vehicles. Uh, we have a lot of people like an older generation that um, is really into environmental has become a pretty steady base of customer for us. And it's really interesting because when we have the EVs on the ground, people just start asking questions that you would never think would ask questions. And uh, it's just become way more mainstream to where customers are actually interested in what an EV has to offer. And it's coming from all demographics at this point in time. So uh, we just needed to be prepared for that. And I feel like we really are. I think an interesting part of this and what you're telling us from boots on the ground is the fact that there's a, this is, this isn't like a super like tech driven brand, right? It's not an Audi. It's not Acura, right? We're talking about Chevy and you're talking about Chevy customers coming in and considering EVs and asking questions about them as you know, you said one demographic, it's a great second vehicle. And then another, you're saying the older demographic is a very environmentally conscious you know, group that are like, you know what? I think I'll, I think we might try this now. For so sure. you told me earlier today that you drove a Bolt for two years. I did, yeah. I drove uh, drove one uh, for a demo from from the store, and uh, you know, I absolutely loved driving an electric vehicle. Now I had the benefit of being able to plug it into the garage that I would park in, so the charging was easy. Right, you never had to think about but it. But I never yeah. had to think about it, which I think what is what was your key commute like. I had, uh, so my drive at that time was about 15 minutes. It was about 10 miles down to the dealership. So pretty, pretty easy commute, Mm -hmm. mostly highway, uh, but it got me around town and everything like that. And it was just a joy to drive. You know, you really realize how quiet EVs are when you start driving them and you do, and then you just go back to an ice vehicle and you're like, oh wow, these actually do make a noise. Okay. 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 Speaking of the quiet, let me, have you ever intentionally not speaking? Uh, <laughs> you said st- speaking of, yeah. Have you somewhere. ever intentionally? I've, ne- I've never done this. Intentionally <laughs> snuck up on someone in the grocery parking, <laughs> grocery store parking lot, and just honked really good at them when they, when you scrolled up to them. <laughs> so this is never recorded. the grocery store parking lot, but definitely at the oh, dealership. Yeah. <laughs> definitely a dealership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a few employees that way. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. It is. That. It's really wild. The the like just there is no sound coming out of those things. Both in internally and externally of that vehicle and it's it's almost you go back if you go from ev to ice quickly it's almost cacophonous to be in an ice vehicle especially one that doesn't have a ton of that so like and just the pickup right you just get so used to this like all of the powers available at go yeah it's a wild scenario for sure that instant torque is is crazy and then the thing i fell in love with that got that really ruined me was the one pedal driving to where oh yeah <laughs> you know just being able to use the gas pedal to slow and, and accelerate the vehicle and it just made driving so much more enjoyable in a lot of ways and then all of a sudden uh, you're like i got to press the brake I again know, now, now it's a two pedal operation so uh, we have a couple minutes left i want to ask you 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 put a lot of time and intention in your store around company culture around developing personnel um, can you give us a, just a little insight on on how you think dealers could uh, approach specifically their sales department in order to help retain because your retention is amazing how to keep uh, sales staff engaged and moving forward yeah absolutely I mean some of the things that we've done that is that have really uh, helped us is is making sure that there is defined career path that exists within our sales department. So your people have expectations of where they can go and what they need to do to get there. 
And then uh, you're, the management has to be engaged in coaching and driving, you know, in, in training towards those things as well. Because if people don't feel like they're growing or getting what they should be, uh, what, what's their purpose of actually staying with the company? So when I became general sales manager, we had a big turnover problem. And one of the things that, you know, we realized early on was unless we fix retention, we're not going to fix our sales or grow our, our business or have a great customer experience because yeah. we're always training from the ground up. So, mm -hmm. you know, from great new hire training programs to continual training to career pass and making sure that people have a fair pay plan with good work balance. I mean, our people are scheduled for, you know, 40 to 45 hours a week. They're not expected to be there any more than that unless they want to be. Um, and so, they can find that balance and still get a good paycheck to and and get the training to develop that they need to grow in their career and it, we've seen big results from it what's your average no, salesperson uh, oh sorry Kyle well i think there's there's a lot of people that say like hey we want great training we want great employer retention and they hear that and they're like yeah all that sounds great but there is a there's a time gap that i think we fail to recognize a lot what what was how would you attribute the time that was necessary both like on a day-to-day -day basis and then the time for implementation that it took to go from you know kind of not having great retention to needing all of these new hire onboarding training long-term training what was the time and scope of your team that was necessary to put all that together and implement it yeah, so when we first started really focusing on it, it was probably three years before we started seeing a lot of yeah. the long-term effects of that, right? Mm -hmm. You could see it going in the right direction, you know, even in the first few months of it, but it is not a short-term solution. Uh, like most things in this business, if you're doing, in my view, if you're doing it right, you're seeing the effects of a decision you're making three years in, a, you know, three years later to where you see all the groundwork finally play out because it does take a lot of effort every day to make sure we're doing it right and building a good team. Yep. And that that is really a reflection of the management and their commitment to investing in the people. Uh, getting to know their people, forming those relationships and learning how we can we can better them in their careers. What does your average salesperson yeah. do every month? So right now our average salesperson is about 21 cars a month. That's how that works. Crushed. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> he said, he said, here's the mic. <laughs> I got it. Can we drop these Done. things? I can't uh, <laughs> go anywhere. Uh, you had one more oh, question, man, Kyle. Great. Well, yeah, my question was, well, it was really just a statement that, you know, when, when you go to an NADA or a digital dealer, or you see a webinar, you come to a SotoCon, like people always say, um, you know, I'm, my focus this year is on training, right? And that's not gonna cut it. Is the point is if you're if you're thinking that you're gonna take a year focus on training and get it right for your organization, you've cut two years off the process of like getting to where it's a consistent pursuit of training, retraining, and making the hiring onboarding process such that you can create the retention levels and the sales levels that are necessary to create that type of customer um, life cycle and journey. So just like that's, that's just implanted in my head is if you're going, it's a year of really hard, intense training, you've cut two years off your uh, time. Ah, uh, there you go. Well, I don't know how else to leave you off on a Wednesday. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, it's been guys. really it great. Yeah. 
Kyle, hold it down on that side. We'll hold it down on this side. All you out there, you have some cars to sell and some, some training to learn. <laughs> if you're still listening, we have an Easter egg. Head to asodukan.com and you can purchase tickets today.